I know you love the announcement we are recording. Hooray! You are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. I am Jace. Shit, who am I? Oh, this just got existential really quickly. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm Brett. Um, He's Jace, and we are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk shit about them. Badlier. Badlier. That's a word. (laughs) I think we've set the tone already, haven't we? <laughs> I feel like, strap yourselves in, kids. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> oh, dear. So, Jace has been working overly hard. I've been in pain and on crutches for a couple of days. Um, so, bear with us. It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, this this could be just, who knows? Who knows what you're going to get? Anywho, what Any- have you been up to? What's what's been going on? Uh, are we talking hobby or are we talking in general? Look, if you want to just tell us about the state of affairs, <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. I don't know the state of affairs. I I had an in- interesting week last week where I had a couple of days off, not feeling overly well. Then I got up, went to work the next day uh, with a bit of pain in my leg from about ten o'clock in the morning and then as the day went on it got steadily worse and by 11 o'clock I was in a lot of pain and said to the wife you probably should take me to hospital I spent 13 hours there and with not much sleep during that 13 hours but anyway and the doctors couldn't work out what was wrong so I still got pain in my leg and so I'm trying to keep off it on the crutches, but the crutches or the crunches, as my kids call them, um, <laughs> dad, show us your crunches. I'm like, no, not right now. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not time for an ab workout. No. Uh, but yeah, so they I forgot about this. I haven't been on crutches since I was a kid and, um, God almighty, they hurt your wrists. Like I'm pretty sure I've bruised underneath my armpits and my wrist on my right hand is killing me. So I'm trying to alternate at the moment, use the crutches a bit and not use them a bit and rest the wrist. And it's just been a fun fucking time. But yeah, that's my life right now. Huzzah. Yeah. So (laughs) there's been less hobby in the last, what's it been? Two and a half weeks. Yep. Then I would like, uh, Part of that is the fact that it was very, it was pretty much impossible for me to get up the stairs to my my little man cave for a couple of days. So we lost a couple more days on the whole painting track. I think I'm at twenty seven days. I think now I'm I'm recording or keeping track of the days that I don't paint because okay. the days that I do paint is like it's, like, it's still at one hundred and fifty odd. That's several, yeah. But yeah, but um, I think I'm up to about 27 days this year that I have not put paint on model. That's still yeah. solid. 
that is still i'm still i'm still proud we're we're sitting at 83 models painted this year uh and if you think way back when to when i was talking at the end of last year start of this year uh last year i did 84 models so i'm so close and we're sitting here in the middle of july so this is it it's tax time and we're already topping last year (laughs) so i'm pretty sure that i'm going to beat last year Pretty sure. It would be very upsetting if you didn't from <laughs> this point. Be. From like not beating next year would have to be like a real Stephen Bradbury effort. <laughs> yeah, nah. Aim is not to do that. So um hobby ish wise, I'll I'll talk a little bit about T V because I have done quite a bit of T V with my time off. I feel like um, that's allowed. I think so. So I did finish Jupiter's Le- Jupiter's Legacy. That one on Netflix, yes. Really, really fucking enjoyed that. Okay, like, to the point where I think I've mentioned that I bought like the first book or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are four books so far, and I've bought and read all four because I enjoyed the show that much. the The show is pretty good in that it keeps aspects of the book, but sort of expands on them in a mm-hmm. good way. Okay. So the the books are, I mean, it, the four books are like five or six comics in each book. So it's not a long series at all. And there's a lot in the books that is still to come, and I cannot wait to see how they do it. So hopefully there's a season two of that. I did uh, also get a lot of feedback uh, on Invincible, which is on Amazon Prime. Similar sort of thing, a superhero, son of a superhero, coming into his powers, learning how to use them, learning how to become a hero. Uh, It's eight episodes long. It's got a huge voice cast. Like, so Seth Rogen's in an episode or two. Um, J.K. Simmons plays the dad. The Glenn from Walking Dead is the main character. And there's just seems to be, like, known actors playing voice parts, which was great. Wasn't as good as I was hoping. Hasn't made me go out and pick up the book, but currently the book is like $90 and is like a phone book. So I don't see myself managing to read that with any sort of degree of comfort. So I haven't picked that up. But it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't the same level as Jupiter's Legacy for me. Apart from that, I am, I was going to say I was completely up to date, but today is a Wednesday, uh, so I have not watched today's episode of Loki, but I have watched all the others. Yeah, you and me both. I think this is the finale, yes? Yes, last episode went up today, so I will most likely watch that tomorrow. Um, oh, no, we've got stuff on tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, so oh, it might have to be Friday. I'm um, trying to work out how I can do it tomorrow. Anyway, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, how cute was Alligator Loki? It was the best. <laughs> what was what was possibly more amazing than Alligator Loki was how quickly like um, 3D printable files appeared online. Oh, really? Like the same day someone had put a helmet on an alligator. <laughs> Well, the pops are coming out, so I've, I've seen pictures of those at work, and 
Uh, I think alligator Loki is going to be the newest thing. Yeah. Okay. It, it'll be a yes. Yeah. But uh, enjoying Loki. It's still not. I'm still, still waiting not, for the yeah. thing. Like first half of WandaVision was definitely my favorite. Let's just ignore the last couple of episodes of WandaVision. But, uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of level. It was consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so neither great, neither too bad. But I feel yeah. like that's why it's on TV and it's not a movie too. Like, yeah, let's true. not. You, you Speaking can't. of movies, I went to watch um, Black Widow the other day. Oh, People and they realised they're charging you 30 bucks or whatever it is. To... 35 bucks. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll wait. Yeah. But it's meant to be good. I'm hearing nothing but good things about it. So Yeah, I just, I don't want to pay 35 bucks and I don't really no. want to wait till Christmas or whatever the hell. I think it's November or something. No, it God knows. It goes but... on the standard. It's stupid. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I don't really want to go into a cinema either. Because, I mean, <laughs> we're going we're to go into another lockdown shortly. Like, it's going to happen. No, I'm ignoring it. It's, it's going to happen. It was only a matter of time. Uh, seven new cases today. It's going to be worse. So It's it's when the um, the football match that they let all the people into yes. is the hot spot. And it's not even that they let all the people into it because they had caps and whatnot, but it's like, oh, we can only have like 30%. But if you 30% of people can all sit in exactly the same area, mm. yeah, <sighs> Se- seemingly defeats the purpose. I just work here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they've uh, they've got a case in Backers Marsh as well. So oh God. it's getting, getting closer. Uh, so it's only a matter of time. So I'm just hoping that they don't announce it this week because I've got a very full Saturday and I don't want that to stop. No, I'm mm. very keen for Saturday to happen, even though I'm not attending. Uh, um, yeah. well, I've got Dr. Colossus that night as well. Ooh. So I am very eager. First gig I've been to, uh, well, touch wood, um, <laughs> first yeah. gig I'm going to for a while. Uh, it's already been rescheduled once, so hopefully it, they don't just lock us down this week and have to reschedule that again because I really want to see them. I reckon it'd be fun. Anywho, uh, so Loki, more or less up to date, barring today's episode. And then I've started watching a couple of other things, only briefly. Like last night, I was just, I was tired. I was in bed by eight o'clock or something, but not prepared to sleep at that point. So I started re-watching Good Omens. Oh, such a good series. Uh, look, I got about three episodes in a while ago, and then for lack of time or whatever, I didn't go back. So I'm starting again. So I watched the first yeah. episode again last night. So good. Watch it with the wife, and she, I think she got into it a lot more than I, I expected. So uh, That'll be hopefully something that, that I can watch with her. The other thing I started, but only got through half an episode before I got interrupted, which I want to go back, is Marvel's MODOK. I keep seeing this going, I should mm. I should watch this. From from the half episode I saw, it's pretty much a, their version of Harley Quinn, from <laughs> what I can see. Okay. A lot of swearing and, and, and offbeat comedy, like, it starts off with a battle between, you know, Modox taking on, trying to take over the world, whatever. 
and Iron Man shows up and defeats him, but Modoc got away with Iron Man's boot, so he's calling it a win. <laughs> so it's just it looks like something that I want to continue on with. But okay. it's halfway good. through the first episode, so we will see. We will I, see. I am interested. I uh, got interrupted by my brother coming around with his family and so Rude. more young children, so that had to get turned off. Uh hobby wise, not an awful lot, like I said. I did finish the Treeman and the Halflings for my Halfling team. <gasps> Yay. So the Treeman I finished quicker than I thought I would. And I continued on. I've, I've done up the last, well, the last three Halflings that I had put together. So I still do have two Halflings without a head. Uh, but if I get said heads for those, then I'll have to paint those up as well. Yep. Speaking uh, of, I have said heads just sitting on my desk here. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't a hint or anything. It was no, just. But they're here. Excellent. Um, I've also started on my vampires. <gasps> when I say started, I mean I've done one color on one. So that's a black. start. We've that is black. a start. <laughs> But I I want to I really want to follow the the GW design for the for the vampires because I think in particular the red looks really good on them. Uh, but I was a couple of paints short of what I needed, um, so I had I had a little delivery tonight, and so I have my hands now on the paints that I wanted. So I when you, when you say that. you're a couple of paints short. Mm-hmm. Um, were they because you had paints and you no longer have paints in your possession? Uh, no, no. Oh, good. No, so no. what I'm hearing, not my fault. Good. <laughs> not Continue. your fault. They're not the contrast paints that you have, although some of them will be needed at a later point. Yep. But uh, in particular, like there was a really, the really nice red that they get is by using a particular base paint that they've got. So the Gal Vorback red, which I believe is a newish one. So I didn't have it, and I definitely want to try and get the same sort of red, so I've gone for that. Uh, I've done a little bit more work on my little shaman orc as well for Underworld, so he's got pretty much mostly base paints. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so he's starting to take shape. Uh, The only other thing I've really done, and like nobody's going to listen to this, so it's fine, but... I spent a little bit of time at work going through the Blood Bowl website that we use and making sure that everything was up to date for 2020 rules. And while doing so, I found that all the teams, but you know, most of these teams have like, you may have one big guy and yep. some of the teams will say you can have one of the following. So, you know, for chaos chosen, you could have a rat ogre or, or a minotaur yep. or a, ogre or something along those lines yeah or a troll or whatever it is yeah Yeah. anyway you'll have one of those so the website had you may have up to one big guy but none of the positions were listed as big guys so now i've changed it to so that all the big guys are listed as big guys on the website so those will come into place yep um i tested it out to by creating a new team for potentially next season, um, which 
when I tried to buy too many big guys, it said no, not allowed, which right. was good. So the that, website works the way it's yep. supposed to, kind of. Said team, which is ogres, I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one, um, can have up to six ogres, and the website goes up to four as maximum. So you can have up to four of these, or you can have as many as the positions allow. And I tried that, and that came up as zero. So I had to make it four. But I'm not going to go more than four anyway with a sevens team, so it's not, I'm not going to make a difference. Well, no, you, yeah, perfect. But, yeah, that's me. How about yourself? Wow. Can we just, before we come up? No, talk talking, about you. While we're talking about website <laughs> things, though, while we're talking about the, the website, can we all just take a moment to appreciate the fact that I actually got my match results correct? Anyway. Um, <gasps> Mostly. What do you mean mostly? <laughs> I won't stand for this. Um, I fucking nailed that. Anyway. You you did mostly well. Mostly well. I only changed a couple of things. So um, the website that we use for our Blood Bowl results, for sevens, any any member of your team that would doesn't get star play points because they're in sevens. They're yeah. In yeah. yeah. But the website still allocates. For, oh, so you're just you zeroing touchdown. out. So I'm I'm I can't zero them out, but what I can do is make the first star player the star yeah, the first skill yeah. at a higher level. Right. So for example, I think there was I think it was on James's team, so there was a goblin that scored. Yep. Uh, so he had three star player points. So technically the website was allowing him to roll a random skill. So I just made that three into 18 needed. So now he's got right. negative 15 before he can get to anything. Roll around. Yeah, okay, cool. But apart from that, all good. The that wasn't, was that right. wasn't me entering them incorrectly. Let's just call that out. No, anyway. that was just me doing all the extra bits that yeah. apparently needs to be done. Which reminds me, I need to touch base with the guy that does this website and find out if there's a sevens option that he can put in. I remember him talking about it, but I haven't seen anything. Anywho, what have I been doing? Let's let's just go through. Whoa, back it up. Apart from exceptionally accurate entering of results. Um, so, yes. Carry on. Um, hobby stuff. So painting. Look, I know I said last time there was going to be infinite amounts of hobby done and results and stuff. And unfortunately, there was work, a promise. Work decided to just sodomize that promise a little bit um so we're going to rain check on that one and it's coming there is but even with that i've still done a fair amount on the snotlings so they're sitting in front of me i i'm doing that thing though where i get to like three quarters finished and then you start fucking around with detail and extra stuff. I could just get them done and have them finished and call it a day. But as an example, I spent last night re-highlighting all of their noses and ears so I could glaze them with like a little bit of a red tone. So they go like Mm -hmm. a little bit red on the nose and the ears. So that was last night. It's cute and and I like it and it's a good thing. Um, so it's just taking longer than I expected it to do because I expected myself just to get it done and I got to nearly done. I went, oh, what if I just 
I'm just going to try and I'm just going to do this little thing. Anywho, um, and at some stage I need to sculpt a fried egg, which is the next problem. Yes, you do. Absolutely has to happen though. I'm 100% on board. Um, So the snotlings are mostly done and probably the biggest thing with that is how disappointed I am that I am enjoying using contrasts on them. Um, <laughs> one of like, us, one of us. Really having fun. Um, and now, how are you using the contrasts? Are so, you using them just more or less in total or are you doing sort of layers up afterwards? I So the way I've basically done it is I started with the Zenith all kind of prime Mm-hmm. Standard standard kind of deal. Um, and I used them for the base coat, step one. Happy days. So that was not not super thick, the, the way that they sort of say, you know, one thick coat, because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep that kind of zenithal highlight situation. So I did all that. Then went back and did a little bit more shading, either with the same one or with a, a slightly darker version. So I was using like a, a purple to shade some of the pink and a red to mm-hmm. shade the orange and stuff like that. So did a bit of that. Then went back in with um, uh, an actual paint, uh, Vallejo ICLO, and highlighted everything. Um, and then I've gone back over with the contrast to sort of glaze the highlight back mm-hmm. and and pull it back in. And it is really like just simple. It's been really easy to do. And it's literally been sort of base, shade, highlight, bit of a bit of a play over the top. Um but they've just been fun. Like it's just, it hasn't felt like an effort painting. Um, I really like that about the contrast and, and like I've been playing around with them for a while. And like as I've said in previous ones, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. But I'm getting, I seem to be getting it more right than wrong these days. Yeah. Especially by using them as the base and then working my way up on, I mean, some some parts I might not even need to work my way up. Like the the crypt guy from Curse City, yep. his skin is just the white contrast, but because it's sort of a, a greyish white over over the grey sear base coat, it just works so well. Yeah, and look, I haven't tried them with any of the dedicated base, like the primers or anything, um, so I had no idea what they look like, like or how they operate over there. But I'm just finding things like, all right, fight straight for a base coat because they go on so easily. Like they just, they're easy to apply to big areas, base code, mm-hmm. big chunks of spa- like happy days. They blend really, really easily. So I'm finding just, you know, to get pretty smooth gradients and transitions and stuff, it's not not hard. Um, and even, I was even playing last night, just dicking around when I'd sort of run out of time. And I was just like, oh, I'll just do something else. Like your trick of the, the trying to wet blend them across mm-hmm. stuff. I just pulled a couple of the little tokens out from the Blood Bowl team. Yep. So I went, hey, let's just try this. And even that, like, I suppose the only thing I found is that, I mean, they're an acrylic paint. They still dry relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So the only challenge I hit is if you let them sit for a little bit too long while you're doing that blending, you end up taking paint off. Um, but, you know, lesson learned. Um, work quickly. It's an acrylic. That's just kind of the rule. Um but and then as a glaze and as a shade and things like that, like they just keep really nice pigment. So you keep the intensity of their color, but they're just really easy to thin right down, get transparent, and use as like a a stronger wash or 
just to tint stuff. And as I said, it's just been fun. So I'm having this really disappointing moment where I'm like, fuck, am I going to have to buy some of these bastards? Because I can't just hijack yours forever. And I feel like they probably aren't the best option for mixing stuff. So you probably can't just grab like three or four, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of primary colors or whatever and kind of wing it from there. I, I kind of feel like, just the way that they operate, you're probably going to have to grab a few, which upsets me a little bit because, you know, at the, what are they, 13 bucks a bloody pot or something? Stupid. I don't know if they're that much, but, I mean, it's been a while since I bought one because I've got pretty much all the ones I want. Yeah. Um, I did find that, you know, you could sort of blend them a little bit to create better colours. Like, for yep. example, I was using, because I didn't have the orange, I was using the yellow and the red and mixing them together, but sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. So I ended up buying the orange anyway. Yeah. Which is lovely by the way. And I'm really happy with the orange I came out. Uh, (laughs) So look, it's just been, it's been fun. I, I have learned that the bases I had printed for the snotlings, I probably scaled down a little bit too small for some because they were actually, they came from a Kickstarter, a scenery Kickstarter I backed. Yep. And it was actually supposed to be like a cavern floor. And I just went, I'll take that cavern floor and I'll shrink it down to 25 mil so it fits on a base. But the cavern floor, that bit's okay. Well, some of them have little mushrooms all over them. Mm-hmm. And when you shrink the little mushrooms down on top of the cushion, like they printed fine, but every time I pick one up, it breaks a fucking mushroom. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so... I've I've left mushrooms from asshole to breakfast, but that's that's the, you know I don't massively care. It's not a not a massive issue, but it was just more okay. There's a, there's a learning, um, but yeah, as I said, the the biggest thing for me is just being really relaxing, just playing with these and just seeing what comes out. And you know, I'm finding you know for non-metallic metal stuff and just for you know, big old base coats and really easy sort of shading and glazing and, and transitions. It's just been a lot of fun. So I'm angry at life right now. <laughs> the other thing while I have been painting is um, just sort of having YouTube on in the background or something just to, to keep it going. But watching a guy called Marco and, and a James Wapple videos and stuff using oil paints, and I have a whole set of oil paints here and I bought them fully planning on using them. I've used a couple for like little effects here and there and bits and shits. But these guys are using oil paints as the almost, you know, their, their go-to paint for painting miniatures at the moment as opposed to acrylics. Um, and just watching some of the stuff they do and how it looks and how easy it looks to play with. I'm like, that's definitely the next project. I need to to actually bust these out and give them a red hot go painting some whole models rather than just using washes and, and sort of little weathering effects here and there. So I am pretty pumped, but mildly nervous because it's just, <laughs> it's different. It, it's a different way of painting and a different style of painting. So it's going to be a bit of an experiment. So I've got to find something I can kind of maybe ruin because uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um so that's kind of been the hobby stuff. The only other thing of value that I did in actual hobby things was building Underworld's decks. Um, yep. For I decided to give the High Elves, that are now called something different, a, a go. Um, 
So I, yeah, they're currently seeing primed in front of me and they are a prime candidate for my oil paint uh, experiments. So we'll see how that plays out. But, how um, many of them are there? What, four? four? Yeah. That's nice and straightforward. Yeah, it's and I've got a pretty simple scheme in mind that I would kind of want to try out. I think it would be a good good test, but we'll see. Um, but I'm having that, that whole issue with Underworld's deck building in that, A, I'm not very good at it, um, and, B, most of the cards I own uh, have been cycled out of the competitive. So I can't be bothered with all the different formats. So I just stick to the championship format thinking it's the one that's most likely to have people with decks built for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem I've got is the online tools that are available or the online options you've got available, because that's the only way to build a deck in my view. Um, if you say you want a championship deck, they go, right, well, you can't use the cards from any of these, but cards like hold objective one, per se, has been reprinted and redone in another box option thing that I don't own, but I do own Hold Objective 1 from the original Shades Buyer box. But the website tells me that I can't use it because even though it's been reprinted in a future one, I don't own the future reprinting of Hold Objective 1. I own the old, unable-to-be-used Hold Objective 1, and it's too fucking hard to work out what I can and can't use. Because those ones get reprinted pretty much. They, I think they yeah. were in the first three. Yeah. They weren't in... Um, they weren't in Beast Grave. No, they were in Beast Grave. They weren't in Giant Chasm. Yeah. Um, so, which makes me think that when number five comes out, whatever that's going to be called, hopefully something with Chasm in it, um, they will be reprinted there. Because I think you're always going to have whole Absolutely. So the long story short is I own those cards. They are legal cards to have. But because I don't own the box with the legal version in it, it, the website tells me I can't use it. And it's very confusing. Gotcha. And I think I've got to a stage where I've made it. And then I cracked the sads and went, this will do. Either this this is valid or it's not, and I'm not even checking. Um, so that's about the only actual sort of hobby-related stuff. Beyond that, stuff that has happened. I bought something. It is currently illuminating my desk in the most amazing way. Um, it's very illuminating. It is, yeah. And I put it up higher. It is glorious. So I bought a, a new lamp for my painting space. And it's the best thing in the world. Um, and I, didn't I love tell, lamp. I didn't tell my wife how much it cost, and that's even better. <laughs> um, so this is the not Bunnings one. No, I decided not to go the Bunnings option. Um, so it was more than double two of the Bunnings options. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> More than but, double, double. Yeah. yeah. So it's a quadruple Bunnings lamp. Um, it is the greatest investment I've ever made, and I'm not regretting it for a second. Um, so not only is it huge, does it light like a thousand suns, um, but I previously had like two painting lamps, one on either side sort of the, of my painting desk throwing in so I wasn't getting shadows and stuff. 
and I've been able to get rid of those. So it's actually given me more space as well. Oh, that's good. So I've got this one sort of giant lamp overhead that I can angle whatever. So I'm not even working in my own shadow or anything. Um, and I've got the space that two lamps were taking up on my desk free again. And it's just arousing. <laughs> um, so taking, taking I love lamp to another level. Can can recommend the, the Lumi task lamp. Do yourselves a favor uh, if you want to spend $250 on a lamp. Anywho, um, that has been my sole and only purchase <laughs> because guilt has stopped me from anything else um, after spending that much on a lamp. And then out of absolute nowhere, which is glorious, um, Stonebeard Miniatures, who is an Australian-based supplier of sort of busts and display painting pieces and plinths and that kind of stuff. So no gaming stuff, but they stock the scale 75 artist colors and they do a whole bunch of display models for painting um, as an Australian supplier and which is the best in the world because you can't like being in Australia before these guys were around, you were buying from the UK and you're buying from everywhere. You're buying from Spain and all this kind of shit. It was really hard to get models for display purposes. Um, so all of a sudden having an Australian stockist for this stuff is pretty exciting. Um, so when he came along, I bought some stuff off him. I, I he backed the Kickstarter for um, or a recent Kickstarter and then basically put those models up for pre-order as part of his Kickstarter option. Um, so I bought some of those and then he ran a competition for everyone who had bought stuff through his store. And out of absolute nowhere, I ended up as the lucky recipient of the random prize for this, this competition. So Stonebeard Miniatures and Veiled Lamp, who is an Australian sculptor, of again, sort of display models. There's sort of two or three pieces he's done so far. Um, so I ended up scoring a copy of uh, the Veiled Lamp Persephone sculpt, which is amazing because firstly, it's an incredible sculpt. Um, Seb, who sculpted it, um, also painted it and won the Crystal Dragon last time that was on at CanCon, which is the Australian sort of display comp. Um so it's an amazing, but it's also, they've only done sort of a hundred or so of these casts to sell. So it's a numbered piece. It's nuts. Um, Is that the one that arrived? You were telling, you were saying about how it arrived in like this amazing. Yeah. So it shows up in this sort of incredible box with like um, Hessian around it. And this like little, um, I think it's a pomegranate jewel fucking charm thing off it and then it's the whole thing's stuffed with like um shaved wood it's not sort of packing foam or anything it's this like really nice wood shavings and everything and oh, it's glorious <laughs> um it comes with a little you know hand printed handwritten note saying thanks for being an amazing person um so i have a note saying that i'm an amazing person is the, the moral of the story there um I believe everything you read but yeah, completely out of the blue, forgetting, you know, it was one of those things, it's like this post and buy something from us. And I had just done both of those anyway. Mm -hmm. And then out of the blue, um, 
got a got a message from Jim who runs Stonebeard saying, "Oh, what's your address? Is it still this? I got something to send you." So that was pretty damn amazing. Um, <laughs> so massive shout out to those guys as well. It's super appreciated. I'm terrified about what I'm going to do with this model. And we'll see where that goes. Um, but that I think is pretty much, yeah, that's kind of all the stuff I've done. Yeah, it's still, it's still an effort, still an effort, especially being as busy as you have been. Um, you did remind me of a couple of things too. So I have put together, uh, I had my vampires deck put together, but I put together a couple of arena mortis decks for underworlds. So uh, Sepsimus. The prolapsed anus Nurgle guy. I have an arena mortis deck for him, and also for Scritch, who is the greatest. Yes, yes. Uh, the other thing you may be interested. Uh, I definitely did not spend time today. Definitely not looking at Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures. Yes. <sighs> I've been listening to another episode of Fury's Finest and some of the stuff they were talking about. I was like, yes, I want to play that model. <sighs> dare, I, dare I ask? Mr. Sinister. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and and also the, from the way they were talking about Scarlet Witch, I'm like, oh. And she comes with Quicksilver. Oh. And then I was thinking about Beast at one point. Oh, let's look at those again. I did, didn't pull the trigger if, because I've got you know, an Ogre Blood Bowl team to pick up and I got some paints today. But Fortunately, I know where an Ogre Blood Bowl team is currently in stock. I know where one is sitting waiting for me to pick up on Saturday. <laughs> this does not surprise me in the slightest. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I'll stop jumping in now. No, I like the jumping in. That's what I've done. That's what you've done. Mm-hmm. We've done some other stuff while we, we were have. there. But do we want to talk about that now or do we want to talk about that after? Let's talk about that after. Okay. We'll talk about that after. After what exactly? Well, I don't know. I don't think we've said any lyrics or anything yet, have we? No, I, I'm almost disappointed. <laughs> um. All right, I'll wait for a second because we will invariably, we will say something after anyway. And the yeah. good thing about the time continuum, continuum is that I will know what we said after before the music has to play. Yes. And therefore, we'll be able to just use the future's ramblings to inform the past. That sounds, that sounds like a crazy person. It's the crazy days of future past here. Seeing Baby Shark. No, that is not the lyrics that we're using. No, worth a shot. (laughs) All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll move on with our lives. Okay.
Oh no, this way can't do it. We just go. We're back. Oh, yeah. Go, 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 quick, quick, cast the pods. Uh, welcome back. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, so we have a couple of things to talk about this podcast. We have actually done some gaming of notes. things. Gaming things, let's put it that way. Uh, the first one that we should talk about is the Geelong Town Open. That was uh, an event. It was a 40K tournament that happened mm-hmm. on a weekend gone by. So don't try and enter it now. It's too late. It's You've gone. missed that. It's over. Ship Unless has sailed. you can go back to in time, like some sort of time variance person. A DeLorean owning... So it depends. Like, are we playing time variance authority rules? Are we playing Back to the Future rules? Are we playing Terminator <laughs> rules? You'd have to um, be playing Back to the Future rules, really, so that you could change things. Yeah, because the time variance one, would you'd get nuked. Yeah. yeah. And when I look, the GTO was, was an event that's probably not worthy of being nuked. Let's put it that way. It was good. Like, let's not get us wrong. <laughs> Just don't get nuked for it. No, no. All right, let's let's cut the cut the shit. Um, so yeah, it happened over Saturday. Saturday, it was five rounds of forty k, two thousand points a team, and each game was three hours long, I believe. Oh my and god, it, that's a long time. Anyway, it is a long weekend. Like I, I've played numerous uh, card game tournaments in my time, and that's like usually. You know, a day, yeah, and the amount of thinking you have to do in that. Oh, look, my my heyday, my heyday was back. So, forty k jumped to five day to five game tournaments pretty quickly, pretty early in the piece. Um, so you'd have three games on day one and two games on day two, and you'll go home early, and it was great. Um, Warhammer Fantasy never did that. They went, no, if you can fit three games in a day, you play three games in a day. So we played six game tournaments. Mm-hmm. constantly so it was two days three games a day and i used to go home broken like it just, just melts your destroyed. brain it was the best um <laughs> i couldn't possibly hope to do that now no no i don't i don't i don't know i don't know there's talk there's talk we've been talking other people have been talking with us about potential one day things one day is um, okay two days it's still, still going to melt my brain i can tell you that much oh yeah but i couldn't back it up on a second day no. <laughs> too old for that shit no that's it 44 players they had that is it's a huge turnout that is i'm also impressed that they got 40 something players so it was a 40 player 40k event <laughs> There's a synergy there. Yeah. Which is great. Um, yeah, so the guys at um, Target Acquired were nice enough to invite us to do the painting competition. Nice enough, so we, foolish enough. I don't know, but yeah. One of the two. I mean, you know, when they asked for the little ad that they put up about us, they asked for pictures for of my best painted models. And the first thing that went through my head was, well, best is a relative term, knowing full well that my models would be situated next to pictures of your models. Um, so it was nice that they invited me. I never ins- I never saw that ad, by the way. Didn't you? No. It was, it was really nice. I liked it. Oh, I missed it. I'm going to have to go I'll, back I'll and find it. I'll pass it on. I'll forward it, it on to you. Yeah, cheers. Um, 
so yeah, we judged 40 odd players on their painting within on what was it like eight different subjects? Yeah. So look, it was actually a really nice um, way to score painting because they didn't just go, Hey, go and go and pick your favorite. They didn't say this actually kind of, they put some science behind it. So there was actually Mm. a criteria. Um, So it was stuff like, um, is the whole army painted? Step one. Uh, is it a cohesive paint scheme? It, is there basic shading and highlighting? And then it went, kept going through and you get your extra things going. Is there freehand or conversions or kit bashing or, um, you know, it, can you tell the units apart, you know, mm. when, they're, uh, when they're the same kind of units and that kind of stuff. So they actually went through and gave us some really sort of solid criteria to judge consistently. Which was fantastic for me, having very little experience in this regard, um, to actually have like a score sheet to go through and it made sense. And the the flip side was, is it wasn't just a yes, no, there was kind of a little bit of wiggle room. Like a lot of them were out of five, for example, mm. you know, it was their freehand. Like if one model had freehand, maybe you'd give them a two or a three, you know, if all, if, like if there was heaps of it throughout the whole army, you'd give them a five. So there was kind of room to still have some opinion and some subjectiveness and some, you know, actual judging as opposed to just going yes, no down a line as well so i think it was a really good balance yeah definitely uh and it was an effort for us obviously because we had 40 plus players to go through within a lunch break um i think i think it took me an extra like 15 minutes into the second round to get through all of the ones Um, and look part of that was the effort of going through 44 players in their armies. And the other half of that was probably the piece I'd forgotten about doing tournament organizer stuff and just how fucking hard it is to herd cats. Um, (laughs) Because the clear instructions were, we're about to have lunch. When you finish your game, set up your army on the table that it is currently on and we will be scoring for paint. And some players did exactly as asked and they finished their game and they set up their army. They put a little name tag next to it. So we knew who was whose and then they fucked off and had lunch and then others packed their army up and some just threw it in a tray next to it. Others set them up on the table and then didn't put their name near it. Um, The majority of people did the right thing. It was just some of them I had to describe as, you know, Necron player on table 13 blue scheme or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm and like pulling that. And so I'm, I'm quite happy to judge paint stuff, but it was really testing my 40K knowledge because mm. there were some armies there that didn't exist back when I played 40K. So I'm like the army with the winged things. <laughs> painted in a red and yellow and like just giving excessive explanations of what the army looked like. Cause I had no bloody idea what it was. Um, so there was a little bit of that, but super fun just to go through over the lunch break, chat to a whole bunch of people playing games and super keen about playing 40 K look at all of the pretty shit that people had done. So much pretty shit. Like there was so many, by the end of it, I was like, there was no not a one 
standout winner to me. There were a couple which I was thinking, God, it, it could be any of these ten, really. Yeah, there were some very nice models there. Like, yeah, I think there was, you know, there was one or two elder armies yep. which I really loved the look of. And I'm, I'm not an elder player. Like, I never have been. Elves in anything are not my style. But, um, yeah, some of the effort that these guys went to was just phenomenal and great work to everyone and kudos. Yeah. And look, not just the effort in, like, just painting an army is effort, right? Like, just mm-hmm. getting, especially, you know, it's an army game. Um, that is a huge effort. But when you had people doing display boards and custom mm-hmm. bases for everything and, you know, a couple of people had, like, army fluff presented and this kind of shit as well. So they'd written up whole background stories for their, their why their army existed and stuff super cool just to see people dive in head first to that hobby side of things and just you know really lean into it so um yeah. it's it's really challenging not to get excited about it is the the moral of the story there <laughs> my my only regret about the day is obviously we were under time constraints and all the rest of it but i the last five points were for anything else like anything that was not listed above that was above and beyond and I kept mine fairly consistent you know there were a couple of things that I saw so I'd give them each army that had done that I'd give x amount of points to or whatever there were other things and this is after you'd gone for the day but Dave came up to me he goes is this you and you'd written like plus one point for an excessive amount of pink on one of them. Yep. And I was like, why the fuck did I not think of that? I should have been giving like that one in particular, I should have given extra points for pink. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. Like it, I, I just wanted to punch a wall after I saw you done that because I wanted to have done that. Oh man, I was given I was given points out like it was going out of fashion for all kinds of bullshit things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, especially because the the rest of it was so consistent, right? And in a lot of instances, like you had people who had painted almost all of their army, or you could see that they'd pulled one or two models in from another army or something like that to make up the force and things like that. But there was just cool shit amongst it. So I really enjoyed that kind of freebie five points, just to give out one or two for just little things, especially when you knew somebody wasn't going to max out. They, they're probably not going to compete for, for the you know best painted mm-hmm. award, but let's just call out cool shit. Like it was fun. Oh, mate, love it. Um, so yeah, so overall two days of massive 40 K playing. So well done to everybody that came 40 odd people is a huge turnout. Um, the top three. So Sam Dutney won with Admech. Number two was Reese with Admech as well. So the two that was the army. I didn't know what it was. Is that the, yeah. Yes. Yep, yep, gotcha. Uh, and then third was Boyd with uh, Necron. So there were quite a few Necron players that I saw. There were a few armies that I saw that I didn't expect to see as many, and I was disappointed I didn't see a sister's army. Yep. 
I was I was surprised at the spread in armies and not knowing anything at all about the current meta, um, but I thought there was more Necron players than I expected. That mm-hmm. being said, I have no idea what the new Necron release looked like. Um, there was a, an appropriate amount of Marine players that we expected that, but I think, you know, Dark Elder surprised me. There was a shit ton of Dark Elder yeah. players, um, and I didn't know they were still a thing. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool just seeing people taking the stuff that they wanted, I assume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a real big mix of stuff that people had done. Um, and, I, did, uh, I did get a kick out of Shane's Gene Steeler Cold Army. It was nice to see the Gene Steelers there. It was, yeah. It was, I mean, I still got to rip on Fox for not doing his Tyranids. Excellent. That being said, <laughs> he's, he actually, he ran the um, the Necrons that he bashed out and that actually come up a trait. Mm. So yeah, they were really nice. that was a winner. Got to see um, Clint's uh, Chaos Demons. Demons with all their lights in their full glowiness, um, which was super cool because I've seen, you know, infinity pictures of them, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I've managed to pick one up yet. And no. actually being able to go in and have a good look was, was a winner. And I can't believe you put LEDs and all that. Fuck that amount of effort. I know, right. I know. Um, so, yeah. Some some really nice armies. So end of the day, end of the results, um, the player's choice went to Jared with his Death Guard. Uh, best presented, which was the one that we voted on, went to Dave with Blood Ravens. Yep. And they were very pretty. They were so pretty. Mm. I, um, yeah, I, I gushed over them a fair amount. Um, and I suppose... The Death Guard, if it's the army I'm thinking of, and I'm pretty sure it is, had a, a massive display board. Um, there was a super cool um, army with like heaps of weathering, but not just – sometimes people weather stuff and they just smear sort of brown and grimy shit all over everything and it kind of mm-hmm. looks samey. Like this was done really well in that it had – sort of the right kind of weathering in the right places. Like it made sense. Um, he'd still smashed, like he still had a whole bunch of sort of decals and stuff that you could see, but they'd all been weathered over. So they'd started to chip off and, and do all that kind of cool stuff. So there was heaps of cool shit. And then it was probably a toss up for me between those two for the best painted. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Blood Ravens, it was just a level of consistency across everything. Um like he had these, I think they were like three big old dreadnoughts. Is kind of the centerpiece that we just mind blowing. It was so well done, but it was just how consistent everything was across the board. Um, and you can't really hide. Like there wasn't a lot of weathering or sort of chipping or like there was, there was a little bit, but there was no room to hide any mistakes or everything was super clean. So I had mm-hmm. to give massive props um, for taking on a scheme like that. And, you know, not only that, but keeping like a, a sort of a darker muted red and keeping it really, really striking, um, super challenging. So really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty. Overall, I think, I think it was a, a cracking success. Um, I got Dave to give me a, a pretty much a rundown of it. And I do want to pretty much read this word for word because um, I think this is, just a, a great summary of the weekend. So uh, all in all, it was a fantastic weekend. The players were amazing and all the work we put in was greatly appreciated. This is our third year in a row going from tw- 12 to 20 players, then jumping to 40 players was a huge step. 
Looking back, there is a lot of room for improvement. We didn't expect a 10 out of 10 event in the slightest, but we are certainly happy to have taken the GTO to the next level in terms of growth. And, and I think that is absolutely true. And keep, if you're at all interested and if you're in the Geelong area, keep an eye on Target Acquired because they are just going to go from strength to strength with the, these tournaments. You know, they're going to, everything is a step up from the previous one. Yep. And look, that's probably the the benefit to having the same people running events consistently because you start to just incrementally improve little things um, between events. And like I remember when I was running events, there was one year where just entering scores for a player would give you a score sheet and entering it was a pain in the ass. And during that event, I realized that the biggest problem was is the order that I'd put all of the different things that players had to enter on the score sheet and the order that I put them in the computer system were not the same. <laughs> oh, no. So it was, it was like little things like that, but you just iron out all those little tiny things that just give you hiccups um, and it just, you know, events just become like, like players don't necessarily notice it, but it just becomes so much easier and, you know, uh, and seems more professional and everything just runs really smoothly because you've got someone who's just got the experience that those mm-hmm. little things aren't, aren't a problem. They aren't tripping them up anymore. So it's, it's super cool to see them just consistently running these events and just incrementally lifting the bar. The other thing, having a chat to Dave over the weekend, the other thing he was talking about is how keen Target Acquired are to sort of help and support other people to run events. Like it's exhausting. They don't want to have to do it all the time for everything. Um, So they were sort of super keen to say if, you know, people in the Geelong region wanted to run events for different games, doesn't really matter what, um, they're super keen to help and support it and you know if they can supply tables or scenery or um you know help with tournament setup and you know that kind of stuff as well like they kind of want to create a little bit of a community of people who can share resources and skills and experience and everything and actually sort of grow the maturity of the community uh, as as one that runs sort of events and tournaments as well so i thought that was a really cool outlook for them to go look they're they're here and they're doing their own thing and it's super cool but what what else can they do to help other people as well um yeah so it's that real kind of um acknowledging that you know the the cross-pollination and osmosis you get from having gamers just interact is is a win for everyone so i think that's kind of cool yeah absolutely so well done dave and crew for for a great weekend Super weekend. Well done to everyone who, you know, put in the effort to get um, his painted and done and, and showed up to that thing because there was some super pretty stuff. Um, and, like, disappointingly, by the end of it, I'm there going, I've got a 40K army sitting in a cabinet. <laughs> like, I'm not showing up to a tournament. That's a lot of effort. But but I wonder, could could I maybe oh, – oh, I felt dirty. <laughs> Watch this space. You know, there, there was a message back and forth with Dave while we were talking about the tournament and the wrap-up and everything that he did, and I'm just like, so I've got an army sitting in a... Is it, is it legal? Could I could I run that now? Is that is that an army? And he was just like, oh, what have you got? And, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So I don't need to get anything or really buy anything or, you know, whatnot. And he's like, oh, don't ask that because we, we're going to go off the deep end if you start asking what you should add to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you if you want to put it on the table, that's a thing that we can do. Like motherfucker. Anyway, um, 
But yeah, that may happen. Look, if if you walk out of an event excited to play the game, I think it's a success. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on, we have more Blood Bowl sevens to talk about. If you are sick of hearing us talk us, uh, if you are sick of hearing us talk about Blood Bowl sevens, just turn off now because you're about to get a shit ton of it in your ear holes. <laughs> um, you know, I said, I feel, you know, I'm a little bit excited about 40k. You know what I'm fucking excited about is Blood Bowl sevens. <laughs> it's it, it, it still surprises me how. I mean, I still love Blood Bowl. I might never play the full version again. It's, yeah, like, I'm really enjoying Seven so much that, like, I think I've I've said this before, and, and, you know, I've got, what, a dozen Blood Bowl boards. But if they start bringing out race-specific Blood Bowl 7 boards, I'm fucked, fucked, (laughs) because I love those race-specific boards. And if there were seven versions, like, you know, for example, like picking up the ogres for potentially next season. Do you need an ogre board? Um, I don't, I'm never going to play ogres in the full game, I don't believe. So I don't need the ogre board for them. But if there was a sevens ogre board, oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, Blood Bowl sevens, we like them. It's it's really good, and I think that the ch- the other challenge with it for us will be that it's a lot easier to throw together a sevens team than a full blood bowl team, and play a sevens mm-hmm. league or a sevens game than a full blood bowl game. So that is a dangerous prospect. Yes, yeah, very much so. In the yeah, because yeah, when when I said okay, we're we're halfway through round two of our season. So now's a, as good a time as any to start thinking about the teams that you want to play for next season. Yeah. And um, already I've got mine pretty much lined up. Uh, and I'm not the only one. <laughs> so anyway, so we kicked off the season. We had all eight players playing in the one house at the same time on a Friday night. And it was glorious. It was the fucking best thing ever. Mm. Four like, games of Blood Bowl, one house, yep. eight people. It was a ruckus. Yes. We managed to have the three new players on games upstairs and then the um, the pros. Do we want to call Dylan a pro? <laughs> the slightly less new. The, shall we say seasoned? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, slightly salted Dylan and Jack playing downstairs. If, if coriander can be called a seasoning. Um... <laughs> Dylan is the coriander of... of... Hang on, I'm just changing his name in the chat. <laughs> oh, dear, he won't have any idea what's going on. But, yeah, four, play- uh, four games, eight players. We had games going on. So we had Halflings versus Blackhawks. We had Snotlings versus Skaven. We had Vampires versus Blackhawks. And we had Underworlds versus Nurgle. Now, I'm playing Halflings. Chase is playing Snotlings. Um, so I'll give a bit of a rundown of my game and then we throw into yours, I believe, Chase. How's Sounds like going? a plan. All right. So, first time using Halflings, I have two Treemen, two Halfling catchers, and what? I have five. 
standard halfling, so nine mm-hmm. players or what. Um, thoughts after the game? Probably need more halflings because... Yeah, the, not not all of them stuck around the whole game, and the treatment. Like, I was I knew that take root was a thing, and I knew that it would happen. Oh. I probably didn't expect it to happen as much as it did. Well, uh, both treatment are supposed to average taking root once a half. Yeah, like once a half. That sounds good. Um, I'm pretty sure I got to. It was four or five by the end. <sighs> Yeah. So, um, I've got a couple of notes on my, yeah, four to five roots the whole game. I've got a couple of notes. So, playing Black Orcs. So, I've got, I'm up against four Black Orcs and a handful of Goblins. My first turn, one of the Treemen took root. So, that's a good start. So, he's kind of stuck. That was first turn. So, he would have been stuck on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't like regular Blood Bowl where you're stuck, but you're touching people that you can punch and it's okay. Yeah. No, he had people skirting around him for pretty much the rest of that half. Uh, my second turn, my second treatment took root. <laughs> so it was turn one, turn two. So that was fun. Um, so I sort of, I managed to stick some halflings in the way and, and get hit a bit and then pop back up from the, majority of that uh he got a goblin towards the end zone and uh started to stall now this this is james this is his first game so i was trying to trying to help him out and and give him as much guidance as i could um so we pointed out you know you're at this point halflings can potentially score reasonably quickly so we we talked about stalling uh, which he did for about a turn or two before I got a halfling within range, and that's when he scored. So 1-0 in the first half. Uh, I think I had one or two rounds to score after that. So what I did was I had a halfling. He got the ball. He ran up to a treeman. He got thrown, and that, he this he would have gotten thrown the following turn so that he could have moved if he'd landed properly. And if he'd landed properly, it would have been like a dodge or two to score and tie the game, but he did not. He went face first. So I started the second half, one nil down. He kicked to me in the second half. He rolled a blitz on his kickoff table. And so straight away, one of his goblins moved towards you know the middle of his back pitch and two of his black orcs came charging up the field towards my guys. Uh, by this point, I had about five people on the board. So three halflings, two treemen. Um, but I positioned them all kind of... You know, I had two the two treemen at the front uh, with an extra halfling and then two halflings at the back. The kickoff went wild and was touchback so i just gave it to a halfling and then straight away ran him up to stand behind a treeman to get ready to be thrown this having seen what throwing halflings could do if they land properly terrified james fair so he spread out his back line to try and make it difficult 
yep. as difficult to as land. possible. And he moved his Blackhawks back to be sort of helping them out. Mm-hmm. And I saw this. I was like, right, okay, we're going to play it like this, are we? So I moved my treemen up two because they moved two. And I moved my halflings up behind the treemen again. And I said, your turn. He's like, ah, okay. <laughs> Realizing that if you didn't stop me, I'm just going to walk up for as much as I can. Uh, so he started to get guys in. And then by the time he got them close enough to get to me, I threw the halfling and um, made a perfect landing, scored in turn 10. He then had a chance right at the end of the game where he had a goblin right on the end zone. He needed to pick the ball up and with the other goblin, throw it to this goblin, catch it and run it in. He made the throw, got a perfect six, and then it needed a three plus on the last roll of the game to catch the ball and rolled a two. And this is where the no re-rolls or very it rare just, re-rolls and sevens <laughs> gets noticed. Uh, so ended up a one-all draw, which I think was was a good result for both of us. Um, drawing your first game is is always better than losing your first game. Mm-hmm. And drawing a game with halflings, I think, is considered a win, isn't it? So let's go with that. Yeah, I, I'd take that. I mean, and and just to probably, you know, echo the, the the events that happened. So my my first game, so I'm running the Snotlings for this season, um, which is an interesting experience and not a team I had considered up until sevens, but it's kind of gloriously fun. Um, so team I'm running is, is the four positionals. I've got two trolls. Um, I've got a fun hopper, which is a little bouncy jumpy squig on a, on a little squig balloon and a, uh, fuck, what's he called? I don't know. A fungus flinger. He has a little explodey squig bomb that he, mm-hmm. he hurls. And then I've just maxed out up to my 11 players with regular little snots, um, which still means I have like next to no team value. Yes. Because none of them count. <laughs> Pretty much, um, you're less than half, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so my first game was against the Skaven. So I had the Rats. Uh, and again, Lockie's first game. Mm-hmm. So was. we'd spent a little bit of time just before going through all right, the basic rules. This is how tackle zones work. This is how dodging works. This is how blocks work. So this gives you an idea of the, the level of um, kind of the players that we had. Um, so a lot of the game was kind of going through, all right, here's your options. Here's what you can do. Here's what, you know, here's your options. This idea is maybe better than that idea, but I'll let you choose which way you want to run, um, which was, you know, good fun. And it, it keeps the game super light as well. Um, some, I didn't take blow by blows, but uh, some real takeaways. Man of the match for me was a hundred percent the bombardier, the little, little fungus flinger. <laughs> he was a champion. Um, Did you take a bribe? Yes. Did you keep so, him on a bit longer than with our game? Yeah. So uh, I've discovered that taking a bribe is mandatory inducement. Number one. Um, so we're definitely doing that in all games from this point onwards. Um, and then look to try and keep it a little bit friendly. I ran a couple of the special play cards. Yep. 
because um, I think it was like 280 odd worth of bribes that or of worth of inducements that I had. So the bribe was 50, two of the 100k um, special play cards and something else. Doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, he, so he stayed on and he threw three or four little bombs over the course of his life. Um, and he exploded a little, like there was one stage there that the little rats were caging up and he just managed to hurl it right in the middle of those furry <laughs> bastards and just chaos ensued. Um, so that was absolute carnage. It was the best. I, how did this play? I can't remember who kicked or received. It doesn't really matter. Things that happened. I ended up scoring with a fun hopper. So I did the little, little switcheroo. So again, we knew about throw train, mate. We knew how that works. So you give a snotling the ball, you stand him next to a troll, you threaten ominously. And then when everybody <laughs> runs up to the troll to try and stop that happening, you run him out behind and hand him to the fun hopper who legged it to the end. Um, so, you know, we just did that. Um, to score, which worked really well. Lockie did a, an amazing job of just mowing through snotlings with the rat ogre. He just turned into a wood chipper at one stage oh, there and just would have been, yeah. went to absolute town, um, which let his little gutter runner just, uh, and again, because it's like his movement's that high, it's two turns to get him to the touchdown line. Um, which was glorious. So we were sitting at a one all uh, at halftime. Um, going into the second half, really not a lot had been injured, taken off the pitch or anything. And I decided it was about time to stop that. Um, so uh, I got a little bit angry with the trolls. Um, the rat ogre went silly and legged it into like five. I had a little snotling cage at one stage there. Um, <laughs> Is that a thing? Well, it's, it's, not cage. It's, it's not a very good thing, but it's a thing. <laughs> and because the rat ogre is what movement six. So I had the trolls at the front um, and then just a, a whack of snotlings at the back. Um, and it's really not really a cage. It's more just a snotling meat shield um, to give me an extra turn to get away. Um, but the rat ogre with A, movement six and B, frenzy just... <laughs> went town um but the good fun with that is he he did something he knocked over some snots and he any kind of chewed some stuff but what that meant is i had the chance to blitz him with a troll and i had like mm. infinity assists <laughs> because he just frenzied his way into a just swarm of snotlings um which was great so we knocked him down with the troll and then we jumped on him with snotlings till he get off the pitch. Um, so we learned about fouling and that was fun. Uh, but probably the, the penultimate kind of quintessential blood bowl moment happened in that. I am so glad this happened. This was the greatest thing. I'm just, and I'm glad it is how well it was taken because Lockie manages to nab the ball out of all this and he has an opportunity to score. It's like right at the end of the game, we're out of time. He, we're currently one all, he can get up. He can make this a 2-1 win for his first game. 
All he needs to do is make a go for it into the end zone for the touchdown. And us seasoned Blood Bowl players know how often that role is going to fail. I know exactly what those odds are. <laughs> and they are not good odds. Um, but I explained to him how go for it's work. And it's a score. All you need to do is roll that dice and roll a two or more. So that is a five in six chance that you will make it. Statistically. Statistically. Uh, <laughs> however, I want you to understand that you're about to attempt the least likely dice roll to succeed in Blood Bowl. And he kind of looked at me a bit funny and he rolled some dice and sure enough, that one came up and he now understands exactly why. That is the least likely dice roll to succeed in Blood Bowl. Um, And I feel like that moment will be with him forever. Oh, yeah. He's been talking about that. The game was in the bag. He had the win. Um, So that's even better than the the three plus that James needed to make. Yeah. Which it was, was yeah. <laughs> don't roll a one, just make make the go for it. And there's no way I can do this. And it was the best. Um, so yeah, it, it was just it was one of those games that was full of just fun times and stupidity and you know crazy things happening. And then you know those kind of quintessential blood mole moments. Um, one old draw. Again, first game, a draw is a good result. A draw is a good result. And I was playing snotlings. Can we talk about how much I like swarming as a rule? Swarming is a great rule. <laughs> how many snotlings did you lose by the end of the game? I lost one snotling by the end of the game. He was deceased. He died. He is no longer a snotling. He was eaten by a troll. <laughs> so it wasn't even the red ogre. That no, no, no. The red ogre did two tenths of fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> the one attempt I did to, to throw a teammate, he just the troll just ate him. Which is why the fun hopper is the one that scored for you. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Because, <laughs> is... I, yeah, I had, I mean, I had five halflings off by the end of the game, one of which was KO'd, that, but he he wasn't coming back. Like, I think I had two or three rolls for him, and he did not come back. Um, but I had one, <laughs> one of my halflings was sent off after an argument with the ref on the kickoff and then three of them were injured, but none of them had any, like they're not even missing the next game. It was just a standard injury. Yeah. So I think I got very lucky with that or, or unlucky because I really do want them to die. Like I've named them all the first or well, there's a one well, in all I of their didn't, names. I didn't name them the first, but I'm definitely stealing your idea that I'm just not thinking of new names and calling them the second. Yep. That's so the way it should be. That is absolutely happening. Or Junior. Then Junior Junior and Junior Junior Junior. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one all draw for both of us. Uh, we had Vampires versus Blackhawks, which was Jack playing Vampires versus Dylan playing Blackhawks. Sorry, Coriander playing Blackhawks, uh, which was a 2-1 victory for the Vampires. Uh, vampires are... I mean, I didn't watch the game because that was one going downstairs and, and Animal Savagery is slightly worse Good. than Bloodlust. Um, but there are other options, which means that, you know, you don't necessarily need to feast on a thrall if you fail your blood 
bloodlust or what is is bloodlust now you can actually punch another vampire if you really want to um, so there are other options there but yeah vampires are such a strong position apart from that yeah the three three edge three um strength yeah no they're good uh so two one to them and then we had underworlds versus nurgle and that game did not go the way i kind of expected it to go so i think alice was getting a, some awful roles i think and like the, the the underworlds team were beating into the nurgle guys a little bit uh and that was a two nil victory for them that sounds backwards but anyway. it does sound backwards doesn't it but uh that's all right because Who's she up against next? Uh, I think she's up against Dylan, so that should be interesting. Yep. Um, and then after that, she'll she'll be the halflings into the next life. <laughs> I know that's going to happen. But that was round one. Yep. I played round two. You've played round two. I've I've already I just jumped right ahead. Go for it. Um, before you rejigged the fixture, so now you have to keep my round two. Um, so I played James's Black Orcs. So um, second game, game, second game for him. Second game for him, and like he was saying that he's played a little bit of the old Blood Bowl on the the PC just to get a handle of it and stuff. So he's got a, a pretty good, and to be perfectly honest, like you wouldn't have picked it as his first game or his first games. Mm-hmm. He's he's actually got a pretty good idea of how it works, how the game plays out, that kind of stuff. Um, so super fun. Inducement-wise, I had a shit ton. Um, so again, we took a bribe. We took a couple of the special plays. Um, one of them got me a set of knuckle dusters for a snotling. So I had, I had a snotling running around with mighty blow. So in this game we use the, or you use the special play cards correctly. Yeah. Because in in the first game I I took one as well. Uh, And somehow, even though I, I had heard the rule mentioned many times, I didn't actually look, find it. And, um, yeah, so we, uh, we were just drawing one card. Yeah. And if it was shit, like it was for the one that I got. It just uh, made, you had a just, shit result. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so this was, yeah, this was kind of like, so we did the whole draw two, pick one deal. Um, so I ended up with, yeah, a set of knuckle dusters to give someone mighty blow. And I'm like, you know what? I have a, <laughs> I have a halfling here. That's holding a frying pan. Snotling. Yeah, snotling. That's it. Um, the the little green halflings. Um, he's, he's <laughs> no, holding, they're mine. He's, he's holding, My halflings are green. He's holding a frying pan, and you know, as a little bit of a follow up from my game with Lockie, so he was the snotling I basically parked next to uh, Lockie's Blitzer because he didn't want to hit the one with the frying pan. He liked the frying pan one. Um, so he wanted to hit all the other snotlings. But le- so basically he just lived that entire game because Lockie didn't want to punch the frying pan one because he was adorable. Um, and then, so he was the one I made sure I jumped on the rat, rat ogre with. Um, 
That sounds very much like Loki, actually. So to follow that up and thinking that this Snotling is now the, the MVP of, of my games and the, the unsung hero, I gave him a set of knuckle dusters and some mighty blow, um, which comes into play later. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Um, so funny games ensued. And then the other one was, uh, it basically let me, if I had a whole bunch of prone players, I could roll them over to stunned for free. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, stunned, I could roll them over prone. Yeah. That one. Um, so that was fun. I got myself a Prestonuffle that did something. Can't remember what. Uh, and a bribe again because it turns out they're mandatory. Yeah. Um, the disappointing piece there is James saw what the bomb could do. <laughs> and targeted. And made very, you know, it was very specific movements to remove the bomb from the game. The one moment I had, the one moment of hope I had was uh, a black orc cage coming down the table at me with a little goblin in the middle of it. And I ran that little bomber out and I chucked a bomb at the goblin in the middle and the goblin caught the bomb and threw it right back. (laughs) (laughs) And he ended up nuking himself. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. That was that was yeah, glorious moments. Um so look, that all again pretty much played out as expected. The the Black Hawks laid into me pretty heavily. Um they did a really good job at just cancelling out the trolls. Like he was just making sure that the trolls pretty much either had no one next to them or two black orcs next to them. One mm-hmm. of those black orcs has Dauntless, which was very terrifying for me. Um you know, suddenly actually getting two dice blocks from the, the black orcs without a lot of effort on the trolls was a problem. Um so he managed to score with a goblin. Um Look, after doing some some pretty tricksy little dodging and, and knocking people out of the way, and there was sort of a lot of talking, all right, how can I get to where I want to go? Who do we need to knock out? How can we dodge? How can we minimize dice rolls? So a lot of those really good conversations that you kind of want to be having with someone playing game for the first time where they're actually starting to get it, um, mm-hmm. that was that was super cool. Um, you know, targeting the right players, making sure the bomb was dead. Again, the, the old switcheroo with the fun hopper meant he scored. Um not because a troll ate a snotling in this time. He just, <laughs> again, he just kind of swarmed the trolls to make sure that they, it was going to be hard to throw. And I legged it out the other side. Um, so we were getting half time. I was up one nil. Then had to kick back to James, who managed to score with the goblin sometime during then. And then it was kind of, all right, how can I possibly pull out the win? It was that, you know, a couple of turns left. Fuck, these six turn halves go so quickly. I know, right? Um, so it's one all. It's, yeah, one all. And we're going in and I'm like, right, we got this. It's it's not even a problem. I have an opportunity and it's just, a, you know, the standard. I need to give the ball to a goblin uh, is not laying. I need to throw the snotling with a troll. I need to stick the landing and it's home and hosed. So we do that. We have a snotling next to the troll. We give that snotling the ball. We activate the troll. The troll fails his really stupid roll. And Which is I've a two plus. Now wasted my throw teammate action 
before that turn. Um, I'm like, crap, how do we, how do we do this? Oh God. Um, all right. And then it was that, all right, well, how do we do, how, how do we now make this happen? And it got to a stage where I had to fill up a bunch of tackle zones, chain push a black orc to push one of my guys closer to the end zone so he could make it with a couple of go for it. Then dodge out with the ha with the snotling with the ball, give it to him, dodge out, make a couple of go for it, happy days. Literally failed the first dodge roll. <laughs> just just because went to shit. Ball. Um so you know, look, the other good part of that was this good opportunity to go, all right, here's plan A, it's not even a problem. There's a you know, a one in six chance of this not working. Okay, it hasn't worked. All right. What's plan B? Let's talk about how plan B works. <laughs> And, you know, getting some chain pushes and stuff. So that, again, ended up being a, uh, a one-all draw at the end of it. Um, so we, again, super, super fun game. And just, it was just cool. A, someone's second game, and we were done by 9.30. Like, I was home. I was in bed <laughs> by 10. It was the best. Um it's just like everything about seven seems to make sense. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious as the season goes along and there's a chance the players could run away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to start giving skills to snotlings just so if they run away, I don't care. Um, <laughs> well, if you, give, if you give everybody one skill, then they're not going away. It's when you start getting more. Yeah. So... So, at the moment, the way this played out is I figure the two the two obvious ones at the moment are the trolls, um, and that's worked out relatively well for me. Mm-hmm. So one, I think the first one picked up Juggernaut. Yep. I'll take every day of the week. Happy days. The second one, and after that game, I'm like, right, well, this is good. I'll have a hitty troll and I'll have a throwy troll, and that could not possibly get messed up in any way, shape or form with this randomizing of skills. (laughs) So I randomized the skill in the second troll, rolled strong arm. It's just the stars aligning. So I have a hitty troll and I have a throwy troll. Excellent. Excellent. No, perfect. I, on the other hand, for my first dreaming skill up, I got break tackle, which... Is, is not a bad skill for a big punchy dude. No. But when you've only got two movement anyway, I don't know how often it's going to be used. So we'll wait and see. Um, but what I do have is I, I mean, both James and Lockie are workmates uh, and both of them have been talking about Blood Bowl and both of them seem very eager. And both of them have pretty much decided on a new team for season. <gasps> this is I thought the best. you might be excited. So, uh, um, Lockie has got his eyes on, and I think he got his tax return back today, and was heading into GW. So, I, he, <laughs> the amount of times he said tax return during that game's not at your place. <laughs> I don't know how much he's getting, but he was going to buy a lot of stuff. He was, yeah, he's, um, 
very keen, but I think I've got a feeling that we may be seeing some bearded people next season. Oh, he's playing Chaos Dwellers. Not the Chaos. Norse. Not the Norse, no. You were close to the first time. Beard, bearded people. But not Chaos. Bearded people. <laughs> no. No, got nothing. No, fair enough. Um, and... Um, James, though I thought he might stick with the Blackhawks, has uh, started talking to me today about a certain cold-blooded team. Yeah, I want to see these guys on the sevens pitch. Yeah, I'm be interesting. Mildly terrified of, (laughs) very excited. Um, Have you introduced either of them to Grubo miniatures yet? No, I have not. And I think it might be too late for Lockie. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing as he's probably gone to GW and talked to Bradley. Bradley, who is incidentally playing the Underworlds team in our league. Um, And, yeah, so I think think Lockie's pretty sad. Anyway, he was very, very fond of the the Troll Slayer that seemed to be stepping on his own beard for GW. I I respect that completely. The only reason I thought of it is I'm trying to remember which... Which Cutimals team they did for the dwarves, but I remember thinking I really like the team, but I really dislike the fact that they're dwarves. Yeah, fair call. I can't remember which one it was either, but I'm now that you mention it, I think I've got the the Grubo lizards in my head now. I can picture them. Yeah, no. Oh, the Grubo lizards Ooh. are pretty. Ooh. All right, I might have to have a chat with him. Anyway, Blood Bowl, it's a thing. Get on it. If you are at all interested. Uh, we are more than happy to run anyone through a game, <laughs> as you could probably guess. I will play more sevens any day of the week. Yep. Uh, and shall we move on? Talk about what's on? Sure. I'm totally not looking at Grebo right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk about what's on. So It was the walruses that were the dwarves. Uh, of course. Of course. What's the one that they've... They've just released pictures of a new one. What they just they? they just did one that's basically little monkeys and stuff, right? But it's an ogre team, a snotling team. They've basically gone a little bit different. They've gone, we're giving you enough positions to make a bunch of different teams. Mm-hmm. So there is a snotling team option because yeah. you've got little kind of lemming dickheads. Yes, with, with a pump. sloths. Yeah. yeah, and then you've I got kind those. of bigger chunkier one and you've got big gorillas as ogres um but they're doing a bunch of different kind of monkey positions so you can mix and match and kind of fit your team in there's a big kind of tiki banana monster um (laughs) some of those are just so cute oh maybe i I need the penguins maybe, maybe you should just link uh some of those pictures into the group chat yeah i'll do that just saying yeah All right, what's on? Today it is Wednesday, the 14th of July. So by the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be September. Um, No, I like Jace, isn't that bad? Uh, But this Saturday, 17th of July, Throw the Dice reopens its doors in a brand new location, two metres from where they were. Um, it's going to be kicking off at 12 o'clock. It's going to be a glorious day full of games. I am going to be there playing some Underworlds with a few people, and I cannot wait. 
I, I think it's just going to be great. It's going to be great to see what Rich has done with the new setup, new place, which I believe is about four times bigger. Thereabouts, yeah. yeah. So I literally cannot wait for this. Super, Saturday, super cool. Very cool. I'm shattered. I'm not going to be able to make it during the day. I'm hoping to get there a little bit later mm-hmm. um, to just to check the place out and see what's going on. But um, super keen to see what he's done with the new place. But yeah, anyone, if you're in Geelong, come check out Throw the Dice. If you can't get there on the on the 17th, drop in when you can because it's going to be one of the coolest little places to play. Um, speaking of Throw the Dice, I will jump ahead. August 28th is the Winter Wipeout uh, that he's putting on, 28th and 29th. There will be a couple of games going on there. Uh, as to what those games are, that's up in the air in, at in the moment. Infinity is still definitely going ahead at this point mm-hmm. in time. Uh, 40, 40K, 40K is definitely going ahead. Um, they've had to pull the pin on a couple of the games that they Age were planning on. Yeah. What Age of, Age the actual fuck? I don't understand. Like, I, uh, unfortunately, a lack of people signing up for Age of Sigma. In which... the interest of not offending a lot of the local scene, I'm going to keep my voice to a minimum mm-hmm. on, on this revelation. All right, let's move on before it starts. <laughs> um, no, it's, look, if you can get along to Wipeout, as I said, just getting a couple of different games playing yeah. of different systems in the same place, super cool. Um, Rich, again, has done a bunch of tournaments. It's kind of how he cut his teeth in, um, you know, in the, the local community before he had the store. So I guarantee it will be a really slick fun event um definitely happening the other one i wanted to call out which is the 24th of july we're in july yes, yes. um cry hard so over in the same place that they had the geelong town open um and that they're having winter ipe out over in uh, north shore but it's a uh war cry day so one day a uh, thousand point war bands super fun um, Pip, who's running it again, has run a thousand tournaments before, but it will just be really low key, casual fun. I think there's a Horace Heresy event at the same time, but who cares? Um, and that's full anyway. Um, the the Warcry, Warcry, war war so good, so much fun. And again, it's, it's going to be one of those really casual. Nobody really cares who wins or loses kind of days um, where people can just go up and have a blast roll some dice and super super cool bunch of dudes to to hang out with um so can recommend getting along to cry hard if you can i'm going to make the attempt i'm not sure that i'm going to get a leave pass sad it's a shot worth a shot i will not be there unfortunately but um that would be one i'd like to get to Mm. it's a shame um, the other thing, uh, Warhammer in Geelong uh, have got a couple of things on. They have started an Underworlds uh, League. So Did I see that you were playing in that? I am. I am. If, if I can hobble along to a game, then definitely, yes. Uh, very low-key. So, I don't, you know, I'm hoping because I'm, I'm definitely not playing for, you know, the all-out win. I'm hoping just to have a bit of fun. So... Um, but they're also doing a, I believe, slow grow Age of Sigma event at the moment yeah, too. With the the latest third edition mm-hmm. of uh, Age of Sigma, I think yeah, there's a, there's a bit of that going on and a little bit of reinvigorating. 
Um, so yeah, keen to see away. That box set is way too pretty. Yeah, it is it's disappointingly pretty. Orcs. Or orcs. Speaking of, or orcs. Um, just as as yeah, who knows what the hell they're called? But the new forty k orcs is an interesting release, and the kill team yes. box with the uh, Craig. Yeah, I did see those. They look pretty. They G Dub worked out how to print money by putting Death Core in mm. a box. Well yeah. done, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, the only other event I will call out, which you know, not much of an announcement right now, and you got some time, but the Geelong Heresy. 40k event is penciled in for November. Um, exactly what day of November, I don't know, but there'll be all the kind of usual spruiking of on Facebook and, and whatnot. So stay tuned for that one. And if you are keen, get in quickly because they those spots will fill up. What is it with 40k events that the people know that you just they go quick, sign man. up? They go quick. Get in there. Yeah. Uh, cool. On that note... We might leave it there. We will have stuff to talk about next episode. I will have we a will. Dr. Colossus gig to talk about, which I'm quite keen on. Um, oh, yeah, and games. Yeah, there'll probably be some of them too. Yeah, probably some more Blood Bowl. But um, I'm, I'm kind of keen to get another Marvel game in soon. As I said, I was just, just talking. I was, no, I'm 100% on board. Sign me the hell up. Let's do that Excellent. too. I, uh, I actually think that would be another good throw the dice night kind of yeah. game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk mm, about that. Mm, what's the talk to Rich about on Saturday? Anyway, so many things. Uh, thank you very much for listening, both of you. Um, give us a follow on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch, if you haven't already. Um, leave us a review, any comments, any questions, any suggestions are more than happily taken by me and will be scoffed at by jace um we do have merch links for that uh wherever they are yeah i'll put them in the thing yeah they're on the twitch page i got this um i want to thank uh current sponsors on twitch so if you if you want to support us if you want to if you've got a little bit of money to throw our way yeah much appreciated goes towards paying for the mic, paying for things for this podcast, hopefully. Uh, but uh, thank you very much to this month's sponsors. So Alice, James, Sarah, and George. Uh, George is uh, an old mate from way back who has played some 40K with me, uh, but he's got a really interesting podcast called The Slow Burn, uh, with which is all about wrestling. So if you're at all interested in the... Uh, amateur wrestling side of things definitely give that a listen the other one i wanted to um just quickly promote is a gentleman by the name of jason Bedar. he is an old mate from way back who has made something of himself which both I love and frustrates me that I could never do what he has done uh, he has worked on stuff like uh the latest joker harley comic from dc put out he was the artist on that he has worked on movies such as um spider-man homecoming and uh far from home he has done all sorts of things he has just started doing some twitch streaming so his first one was today uh if you are all at all interested he's doing three a week where he plays mass effect 
playing through Mass Effect 1 on the first one. Second one, though, he's talking about uh, all the stuff that he's done, which is just incredible. So if you're at all interested in comics, TV, uh, movies, definitely want to check out. So Jason Bedoa, um, he... I might chuck a link up on Twitch for him as well. Yeah, but that's nice. it from me. That is cool. Well, I know what music we're going to play now, so I've got that lined up and ready to go. Do you? Oh, good. Yeah. Is, is it actually, speaking of music, um, you threw something in at the end of the last episode, which you didn't tell me about. No, I know. I snuck that one in there. I was just <laughs> checking that you're listening. I, you, you know I am. I'm the only one. But... Um, little theme song i liked it i liked it a lot yeah that was the other hobby thing i did yeah i don't know how you made a chorus out of thoughtless schedule gaming but anyway um cool that's it from us all right thanks for listening cheers Cheers all Yeah, you will.